I hope each and every one of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving day. And then again, the leftovers yesterday was pretty good too. Ah, what, a, what a blessing. The leftovers were always the good things. I love that. I want to welcome each and every one of you here this morning. Those of you who are online, we welcome you as well, wherever you may be. May you receive a blessing in the service this morning. For we have been blessed to have God call each one of us to come to his house today to worship him. Amen? And what a joy and a blessing that is. I want you to take note of a few items that are in your bulletin on the white piece of paper. We will be having a potluck after church today. I hope each and every one of you can stay. It'll be in the rooms to my left. It'll be a first time in a long time that we've been able to sit down and break bread together and socialize and talk. And uh, may all of you please uh, think about coming because I think there's nothing greater for us to be able to break bread together and God's presence is in the middle of us as we just socialize and share our stories and be able to hear what's going on in the lives of each other. Um, it also here it says Mosaic is meeting in December. That has been canceled. No Mosaic for December. And so I just pray that you mark these things in your calendar. But please note these items. At this point, um, as you came in, you saw the Christmas tree in the foyer. And it still has uh, some tags on it. So... Miss Victoria, will you come up here and share with the church family where we stand with all of this and kind of give us a scope of what lies ahead for us? Good morning, y'all. We have 92 kids participating this year in the Angel Tree. It is a big number, and we are halfway there. It still means that there is um, certainly more opportunity to bless these little kids and these families. Um, if you've never done this before, that's okay. It's easy. There's even instructions out on the counter. Um, purchase two gifts for each child, totaling up to $60 retail, and return them here next weekend, December 4th. Um, if shopping is not your thing, I totally understand. You can um, put on your tithe envelope Jason Lee gifts, or you can also use Push Pay or Adventist Giving, however you do it, but make sure to write in there Jason Lee gifts. This is such an opportunity to make a difference in our community, literally right next door. So please don't be shy. If you have any questions, call me, call Kenya, and we'll walk you through it. We'll help you through it the whole way. Let's, let's do this together, guys. I want to thank Kenya and Victoria for the effort that they put on this angel tree. Yes. It takes a lot of behind-the-scenes preparation and work that we never really get a chance to see. And what also, too, is if we can have the opportunity to go out and purchase them ourselves, we have people who will do that for you, and I think that's a blessing. By popular demand, we have a children's story this morning. And as you can see, from our last experience, I don't know if you guys are sitting too close or not. Okay, Keeney, come on up. Sergio? Yes, Chicken. <laughs> Last time, I will say, I look over as Sergio's. <laughs> All right, kids, come on up here. I gotta arrange some signs here. Everybody's being warned. All right, so we're going to sit right down here, kids, right in the middle of the splash zone. And you know what? I think for this Sabbath, we're going to be talking about thankfulness, but I am going to need a volunteer again, somebody that I'm thankful for. I don't know if he came back, but is Sean here? Oh, there he is. He did come back. All right. Can you hand me that, Nancy? And, oh, and his glasses. Yeah, yep, you need to, you need to get, get your safety stuff on, Sean. It's going to be another exciting one. So 
We're going to talk about thankfulness today, and I have something in my mom bag that is going to help me with this illustration. A can of pop. So, Hillary, you want to take So, we're going to talk about, I know that in, uh-oh, is your outfit not quite working? That's good enough. It'll keep the main parts dry. Okay, so I know in my life there are things that happen all the time. And every time these things happen, it just builds up pressure in my life. So what are some things that maybe, and the audience can help us too, what are some things that build up pressure in your life? And every time they say something, Sean, I need you to shake that really good. All right? Okay, so help us. What are some things that bother you and, and make you upset? Anybody? Audience can help us. Hitting each other. What was that? COVID. There we go. Shake it some more. All right. What about work or homework? Doing chores. Keeney's children's stories. No. <laughs> and so all of these things are coming at us. Maybe if you lost something, you lost your favorite toy. Or for me, I always lose my phone. How many times have you guys seen me wandering around the church? Where's my phone? I lose my keys. Oh, that one needs a harder shake. All right. So all of these things build up pressure. Do you know what's going to happen right now? We have this can full of pressure. What's going to happen when Sean opens it? If you guys haven't seen it, I have a video. I'm going to have the guys play a video of what happens when you shake a can and open it. I'm beginning to understand why Pastor Sergio moved. It does. It keeps going, doesn't it? Have you guys ever done that? Well, actually, after church, if, if you want to meet me out front, we're going to try this out front. But for this can... Okay, Sean, come back over here. So for me, I'm going to tell you the trick to not exploding. And we're going to see if it works. So we're going to cross our fingers. We're going to see if it works. But the trick to not exploding for me is all about the holiday we just celebrated. What holiday did we just celebrate? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And so when I have all of these pressures building up inside of me, if I am thankful that diffuses the pressure and it all goes away. So now we are going to be thankful. So I want you to tell me things that you're thankful for. And every time they say something they're thankful for, Sean, I want you to go like this. Okay? All right. So we're just going to go like this on the side of the can. So tell me what you're thankful for. Your what? Lovey. She's her lovey, okay? Emma? My family. Family? To be Christian? Yeah. For God? I think we might need some more things. Audience, help us. We need, just to be sure, we really need to be thankful. So I'm thankful for my church. Cat? Audience, you guys have got to be thankful out there. Sean, thankful for Sean. <laughs> All right. Grandchildren. 
pastors, health, maybe turn it a little bit and get all the sides shone. We got great grandchildren. What was that? Crazy fun friends. Hmm, I wonder who she's thinking about. <laughs> what? Heavenly Father? Parents? What? Church? Music? All right. I'm going to I'm just going to be thankful a little bit more. And um I don't know who's in charge of the carpets, but if the carpets need cleaned, we can take it out of Children's Ministries' budget. Okay, are you guys ready? Do you think our thankfulness diffused the pressure so that what happened on the screen doesn't happen here? Let's be thankful a little bit more. You can be thankful too, Sean. Because you're going to get it if you're not. Okay, so I'm going to stand over here. All right, Sean, let's, let's see. All the kids are backing up. What? Awesome. So this week and for actually forever, when you start feeling pressure inside and angry and upset, I want you to think about all of the things that you're thankful for, and that will diffuse the pressure. And if you meet me out front in the parking lot, we're going to shake some pop cans and open them for fun. Okay? All right. You can go back to your seat. Oh, wait, get your church bags. What we're going to make today is a turkey. And you have, a, you have the paper, but in the bag, you have your glue, scissors, and markers. And you have to write on the wings everything you're thankful for and then bring it to me and I'll have something for you. Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for your love. And there's so many things for us to be thankful for. And I know that as you look down on this children's story, you had a smile on your face, as we did. At this time of the year, we are thankful for friends and family, for food, and for the gathering. We're thankful for your love. But most of all, we're thankful that you chose to deliver us, to come down and become a child and to bring the sacrifice so we can be saved. And as we enter the Christmas season, Father, we ask that you help us remember why we have a Christmas season. It's all about you. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Do any of you ever forget to be thankful, like me? Do we need a few more Thanksgivings, maybe? Well, we're going to sing about it this morning. We're going to start with standing and singing about how grateful we are. This is the day that you have made. Whatever comes, I won't complain. For all my hope is in your name. And now your joy awaits my praise. I give thanks for all you have done. And I will sing of your mercy. Your love. 
set my feet on higher ground. So here I stand, you are my God, your faithfulness, my solid rock.
morning you got how many of you are still digesting from Thursday <laughs> man it's amazing it doesn't matter how much you say to yourself I'm gonna take it easy I'm gonna be careful the food is there and it's just so good I don't know how many of you guys have noticed that uh, uh, Richard has a brand new bass every time he's up here. Is this just me? It's like, how many basses do you have, man? That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Oh, did you? Okay. Okay. Well, I love the fact that we get to see a new one every time, you know? It's good to see you folks out here this morning. It's great, great to be here. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a couple of stories this morning. Uh, this happened a few years ago when I was living in New York. It was a cold November night, just a few days before Thanksgiving. I was living in New York, and there was a conference-wide meeting in Queens, and I decided to, to, to go. In fact, I had to go as a brand-new pastor, and I, and I drove my little Fiat there, and it was about an hour and a half drive, and in the Fiat... Some of you will remember this. Some of you will be like, what on earth is that? I had an old 8-track player. You know, the kind where you had to use a little piece of cardboard underneath the 8-track so it would stay and it wouldn't just, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm, everybody had that problem. I know that. And, uh, and so, you know... One and a half hours went by fast because I got to hear some great music and I got to enjoy my A-track my, through my speakers. It was great. Uh, I somehow was able to get a rare parking, par, uh, parking spot right outside the church. Uh, the parking lot itself was full, but I was able to get a good spot right outside the church. I was pretty excited about that. Paralleled my Fiat, parallel parked my Fiat, locked it and went inside and uh, was there for a couple of hours for this meeting. Very boring meeting. And I actually came out looking forward to my drive home. 
in my Fiat. And when I came out, I noticed a couple of things. The first thing I noticed is that the passenger window was down. I thought, why is the passenger window down? The second thing I noticed was that the 8-track was gone. There were wires protruding from the dashboard. The third thing I noticed was that my toolbox that I had in the back seat was now in the front. It was open with the tools sprawled all over. This guy, whoever it was, had the audacity to actually use my tools <laughs> to take my 8-track. And then the fourth thing I noticed, there was a little handwritten note. Thank you for the stereo. I left you your tools. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And I was so irritated. I was like so angry. It was cold. I couldn't get the window back up. I'm driving. I'm bored because I can't hear music. And I'm just like, oh, furious. I cannot believe this. I felt violated. And then suddenly I felt this oddly sense of gratefulness. Not sure why. At least he thanked me. Maybe it was a Christmas gift. I don't know. In any case, it was an excuse to get the next new cassette player. You know, where the cassettes could work better. Then I thought to myself, what led this person to the life he was living to approach this car, go into it, a stranger's car, and take my stereo? I'm sure mine was not the only one. And then another thought came to my mind, and that was, but for the grace of God, there go I. Have you ever had moments like that? And I thank God. Some years later, uh, my wife and I, my daughter Brianna, she must have been about two or three, uh, we uh, were driving, we were living in New York still, and uh, we were driving uh, on the Palisades Parkway uh, going to Bear Mountain Bridge. If anybody has ever been to Bear Mountain Bridge or the Bear Mountain, you should, it's really quite beautiful. Uh, and uh, on the par parkways, there's no trucks, by the way, which is kind of nice to be able to drive and no trucks, you know. And so we're driving there. We're actually going uh, because... Uh, there was uh, this Christmas display and, and gingerbread houses. They did that every year. And it was before Christmas. I was really excited about it. So I'm like, all right, this is going to be great. And so we're driving. And as we're driving, uh, I see what I think perhaps is a deer run across the, the car. And uh, then... Nancy says, uh, I'm not sure that was a deer. I'm going, well, what else could it have been? And she said, I think it was a naked lady. <laughs> I'm thinking, what would a naked lady be doing running across the Palisades Parkway? And then she says, go back. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now we have to go back, you know, get off the exit, come back around them. Are you sure? She goes, well, what if it's a lady and she's in trouble? And I'm like, all right, fine, you know. And so now I'm turning around and now I'm coming back around. And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think, you know, maybe she's right. I think it was a naked lady. And now all of a sudden, you know, now I'm coming. And I actually, we actually pull up to a police car uh, that's... Uh, Take, to the side with the lights on and obviously had found this naked deer lady on the side. Now we park a little bit to the side over there, a little bit behind that. You know, they're trying to usher people and I'm going, well, maybe I should go and see if I can be of help. And Nancy goes, yes, yes, go, 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 go. So I get out. And I walk over, and the officer says, sir, sir, can I help you? We're kind of in the middle of something. I said, yeah. I said, uh, just 
we saw her running around. I said, I'm a pastor. I don't know if there's anything we could do that I could do to help. And he's like, I, I don't know. He says, uh, sure. He says, hold this. And they had this orange tarp around her, barely. And said, hold this, you know, what we call the ambulance. So now I'm holding this orange tarp around her. And I'm thinking maybe I should talk with her. And all she keeps saying is, take me into custody. Take me into custody. Take me into custody. And I'm like, yeah, but what, what is your name? What's going on in your life? Take me into custody. Take me into, that's all she's been saying all night long, Pastor. I'm like, okay, great. You know, so now we're there. I'm freezing. I'm sure she's freezing. They're like besides themselves. They're waiting for the ambulance. And, oh, I, and then suddenly I said, listen, do you mind if I prayed? And it was almost as if like, sure, why not? Go ahead, you know. <laughs> and so suddenly I pray. I say, God, please uh, help this lady. We don't know what her story is. We don't know what's going on. I'm holding on, as you could tell, to this orange tarp. I'm thinking to myself, this is a great time for some of the saints to drive by right now, seeing their pastor <laughs> with this naked lady, you know. And, 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 but I'm praying, you know, God, please, please help these officers uh, do their job right. And, and Lord, please help this, uh, uh, this ambulance to get here as soon as possible so that she can be safe and, 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 and warm. And meanwhile, she's saying, take me into custody. Take me into custody. Take me into custody. And I say, amen. And the moment I say amen, the ambulance pulls up. And the officer looks at me and goes, Man, if I knew you had that kind of power, I would have had you pray a long time ago. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I'm surprised. I mean, this is amazing. Next thing you know, uh, they, they take her to the hospital. We're trying to figure out what happened. Uh, we found out a couple of things. They had found her car uh, with pictures of her life scattered throughout the seats. And all we knew was that she was a runaway from a psychiatric hospital. From time to time, I think about that story. I think about that woman. Nancy and I talk about that situation. And I think to myself, what led this person to that faithful night? What were all the things that little by little just built up for her to lose it and run naked on the Palisades Parkway. And then I think, but for the grace of God, there go I. I think, I wonder how many of us take God's mercy and grace for granted. When's the last time, and I'm not talking about Thanksgiving prayer, but when's the last time that you thanked God for his many blessings in your life? When is the last time you actually sat down and said, wow, I mean, I have this, I have this, I have this. I'm in a warm church. I can sit on padded pews. I can sing songs to God. We live in a free country. I have family. I have friends. I'm not alone. I have food. I have a home. I mean, when's the last time that you actually sat down and thanked God for all the amazing blessings, for all the times that he protects us, for all the times that he heals us, for all the time that he forgives us? When's the last time? There is a story in only one of the Gospels. It's the Gospel of Luke. Uh, you know, Luke was a doctor, so I could see why it would be in this in this gospel and, and not the others because Luke was always very uh, amazed by Jesus' ability to heal and he always talked about Jesus as the great physician 
because he was a doctor. So this story is found in Luke chapter 17. And uh, I'm going to read to you verses 11 and 13. Some of you will say, oh, yes, I know this story. I've read this story before. Uh, hopefully I can help you understand it from a different perspective. Uh, some of you may have never heard this story before. And so maybe this will be kind of an interesting story for you. Um, but it goes like this. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he was journeying, preaching, doing his thing. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten men. How many? Ten men, thank you, with leprosy, stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. This region between Samaria and Galilee was this kind of remote area. It was uh, kind of the middle of nowhere. It's almost like what you see driving from here to Spokane. You know what I mean? Like there's just nothing there. That's why the way I imagine this region between Galilee and Samaria. Uh, people with leprosy hovered or hovered between life and death. They were not dead, but they really had no life either. They were in constant pain and constant suffering. It was not a good life. In fact, uh, for many of them, leprosy was seen as a punishment for some sin. It was a mark of God's displeasure on them. And they grew up learning and believing this. They were always seen from, from a distance. They, in fact, they, they watched the world from a distance. They had to. They were highly contagious. By law, they had to live on the outskirts of town. And by law, they had to shout as people approached the words, unclean, unclean, this is our condition. Be careful, we are lepers. Can you imagine living that kind of a life? Now, there is something worth pointing out here that I want to make sure that you don't miss, is that as we learn about this group of ten, uh, they were from a colony, and the colony had both Jews and Samaritans. Are you catching this? The colony had both Jews and Samaritans. They totally disagreed politically. They totally disagreed religiously, but they lived together in this colony because pain, misery, and alienation minimizes differences. Are you following me? When suffering is involved, all that other stuff just doesn't matter. And they worked together, helped each other. Now Luke 17, verse 14 says, And he looked at them, Jesus, looked at them and said, catch this, be healed. Is that what it says? No. It says, go, master, have mercy on us. He says, okay, go show yourselves to the priest. And don't miss these words. And as they went, while they were in the process of going to show themselves to the priest, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Are you catching this? This is so important. Don't miss it. They were not healed yet. They had to take a step in faith. In fact, perhaps several steps towards the priests. Their willingness to go, to move forward, to accept Jesus' words would be an expression of extraordinary faith. 
They were literally walking by faith and not by sight. Sometimes God asks us to go before we know we are sure. Isn't that true? Go, trust me. The water will part. Go, trust me. The walls will crumble. Go, trust me. That seventh dip in the water, that's the one that's going to make you clean. Don't you stop. Go, trust me. Move in faith. That last treatment will help. Go, trust me. The money will last. Go, trust me. Show up and I will speak through you. Go, trust me. And the can will not explode. See, faith says there is no signs that say splash zones. Faith says everybody stayed there. Faith says the pastor didn't go over there. Faith says the pastor stayed right there. If I had faith in Kinney as much as I had faith in Jesus, that's where I would have been, right there. Faith says, hey, listen, I'm going to go and I'm going to trust God because God said it. And I believe it. And that's okay with me. And we don't know where, at what point, they were healed. But it was definitely as they went. Are you catching this? So Jesus' intent at, at some interesting point. They were, he's healing ten lepers. And they show up to the priest. And I know one of the things that Jesus is doing is he's saying, he, he wants them to be like, how in the world did 10 lepers get healed? Right? He, he's trying to get them to understand what's going on. They were free to return to their former lives. They were, they were, their, their former shout of unclean, no more, had been replaced by, by, hey, high five, man. You can touch me now. The untouchables were now embraceables. The infected were now respected. The isolated soon would become the famous ones. Healed totally by God. Now the Bible says that one of them, how many went? Ten. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet and thanked him for what he had done. And this man was what? A Samaritan. I think it's interesting that this is pointed out in the story as to suggest that maybe the other nine were Jews. But this one man who was a Samaritan, he, he's the one that goes back. And he's the one that thanks Jesus. In fact, I got a feeling that he never even made it to the priests. Why would he go? He's a Samaritan. He's like, you know what? You guys go to the priest. <laughs> I'm going to go and thank Jesus. It wasn't like they all said, you know what? You be our representative. You re represent us, okay? You go. You got this. No. They're all going, and he's like, I, I cannot just go and live my life. I got to go back and thank Jesus. One comes back not content to just feel grateful, but he has to demonstrate gratefulness. I don't know if you guys grew up like me, and I'm sure most of you did. When, whenever, when I was a little boy, you know, we were taught this really early, right? Whenever somebody would do something or give us something, my mom would always say, what do you say? How many of you had that, right? What do you say? Uh, um, it's good. No. You say, thank you. Right? What do you say? Thank you. What do you say? I remember this. Over and over again. What did you say? Thank you. Thank you. So this guy was right. It was almost as if he could hear the words of his mom echoing in his heart. What do you say? I got to go say thank you. 
It's not just the feeling that matters. To close, don't miss this, to close the experience loop of when something happens to you, to close the experience loop is to express gratitude. Not just feel it, you have to what? Express it. It's not just about, hey, guess what? I feel grateful, that should be enough. No, it's about expressing it. Not even so much, do you think Jesus needed to hear thank you? No. Jesus doesn't need to, he needs to know that you are. He doesn't need to hear it. But what Jesus needs to know is that you care enough to express it. Because if you express it, it's good for you. It closes the loop. It helps you to grow. The expression of appreciation softens us. The real blessing is in the response. It opens our hearts to the wonder that we otherwise take for granted. I got a feeling that the other ones just took God for granted. The more we know about God, the more we take for granted. Isn't that true? It's the whole idea of familiarity breeds content. Maybe they even might have thought, you know what? He made us this way. It's good that he got rid of it for us. I'm always amazed when I meet new believers how thankful they are and how obvious it is that they are thankful for the experience that they have in Jesus Christ. Psychology Today uh, article I read this. I want to read this to you. It says, research shows people who practice being grateful show significantly higher levels of happiness and psychological well-being. Just to practice it. Just to, you know, journal all the things that you're grateful for. Walk around reminding yourself of all the blessings that God has for you and thanking God for those blessings. Thanking somebody else for something that they did for you. They are less depressed, it says. They are less anxious, less stressed, and report having less symptoms of physical pain. This is from Psychology Today. They have more success at work and have a higher self-esteem. They have better relationships, too. So this whole idea of being thankful is not just something we do once a year. Once a year should remind us to keep going every single day of our lives until the next Thanksgiving. Amen. So, the story goes that Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? I know some of you women are sitting there going, yeah, if there were women, they would have gotten back. And perhaps so. Where are the other nine? And if you read it in the Greek, it's really interesting because it almost as if it's saying, uh, didn't I heal ten men? Nine? Where? <laughs> Has no one returned to give glory to God, to give glory to God except for this foreigner? He's making that point. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. All ten were healed of leprosy, but only one experienced soul healing. Only one had the blessing of praising God. Only one experienced the joy of looking his benefactor in the face and see Jesus smile. So this morning... I want to encourage you to take this year and create a revolution of gratefulness. Amen? Amen. In every situation, in every way possible, think about the blessings. Think about, think about the things that have happened. Don't think about the fact that roses have thorns. Think about the fact that thorns have roses. In closing, uh, in a candid uh, 
gripping interview that aired on 2020, uh, we, Nancy and I were watching this story of, of this group. I don't know how many of you have read this. Uh, this girl's name is Jordan Turpin. Uh, she described in this interview uh, the moment that she snuck out of her home. Now catch this. She was 17 at the time. And she and her siblings on January 4th, 2018, who ranged in age from 2 to 29, were rescued. They were rescued because they were being tortured by their parents, David and Louise. For years, years, the Turpin children were abused and subjected to beatings and punishments that included being chained to their beds. In fact, uh, she sneaks out the window... And as she sneaks out the window, she has never really been alone outside. She doesn't even know that she should be standing on the sidewalk. She had never experienced this. She is trembling. She had known about dialing 911 from watching a cop's show. And she says, I know what to do here. And so she called 911, talked to the person there, and she waited for the police. She was frightened, but she was determined. And this 17-year-old child, the police said, when I was speaking with her, it was like as if I was talking to a 10-year-old. Her vocabulary wasn't that good. He had a hard time. She he would say, do you take medicine? And she would say, medicine? What's, what's medicine? I don't know what medicine is. I don't know. What do you mean? His name was uh, Deputy Anthony Collas. And at first he was a bit skeptical, but after some questions and, and seeing some photos on her phone, he was convinced that something was wrong, called for backup, and that morning, the children were all rescued. In an interview, Jordan, who's now 21, said that the parents would use the Bible to justify their abuse. I gotta tell you, man, I don't know how Judgment Day is gonna go. But if we're all in the big line, I don't want to be standing behind them, that's for sure. Just unbelievable. And if you ever, ever use the Bible to abuse somebody, God help you. Deep down inside, the sisters instinctively knew that God could never really be that way. There was this moment in the interview. Well, she's at a playground, 21 years old, 21 years old, at a playground outside in the sunshine. And Jordan was suddenly stuck by all, stuck by, struck, excuse me, by all that we take for granted. And she took this deep breath and she said these words. She says, how can heaven be better than this? I got to watch the heartwarming reunion when Jordan reconnected with the deputy who became her hero. And she says, I'm just so thankful it was you. You were so gentle. And he said, I'm so thankful it was me. I actually needed this. I believe this was for a purpose. And the loop was closed. So what are you thankful for this, this season? Have you had a chance to express it? Let people know. Let God know. I love this psalm. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures. For his mercy endures 
for his mercy endures forever. Stand with me as we sing this wonderful, beautiful hymn together. setting us free, Lord. Thank you for all the blessing. Thank you so much for all that you do for us all the time. And please forgive us, Lord, for when we don't 
express it. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we take for granted, the blessings that we take for granted. And help us, Lord, to express that gratitude in such a way that we would find healing, not only on the outside, but healing on the inside. Thank you for this church and thank you for this family, Lord. We pray that you bless each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have an awesome, awesome, wonderful weekend. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Don't forget there is a fellowship dinner right after church also. And children, if you want to see uh, exploding soda can, 